Hey everyone, have you ever been tired in ministry? The majority of pastors have been or currently are. So we're going to be talking about today how to avoid burnout on this episode of Hello Church. Yes, we are here with episode 69 of Hello Church. And I bet there are people who are tired right now as they are listening to this episode. Let's let's not put them to sleep. I don't know, maybe we got to include more jokes on yeah. this episode. Maybe so. Uh Something that's not a joking matter. I heard a stat the other day. Okay, that it was something to the effect of like eighty. Per, it was eighty something percent or eighty percent of mm-hmm. pastors don't retire a pastor. Oh wow! Like they just they you know they just get burned out or they mm-hmm. want, want to do something else later in life because they're just so tired. Mm-hmm. And um, I know a lot of pastors. I mean, we've both been pastors and mm-hmm. we've experienced that toll, the weekly toll of writing, preparing presenting a sermon every single week, attending all the volunteer meetings, board meetings, all the different events, hospital visits. Like it's the the role of a pastor is a unique role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not an easy role. I I saw a list one time uh it said like the top 10 most difficult jobs in the United States. Number 1, obviously the president, right? Mm, okay. Number 2 was the president of a of a university or a hospital and then number 3 was a pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most stressful, tough jobs. No, and I think that's true. I think I think the pastor, especially at a church, probably three, four hundred and oh, below man. in attendance, yeah. is is so difficult. And it almost gets harder when you get smaller. You you would yeah. think, oh, bigger, more responsibilities. But there are some pastors, and and some of you listening today, who you don't really have anybody else. Like you walk into church on Monday or Tuesday morning during the week, and literally no one else is there. You unlock the door. Yeah. (laughs) And I've been there before, just walking in, and it's just like I unlock the door, and then I lock it again because I'm the only person there. Yeah, because an empty church, y'all, for real, for real, an empty church, (laughs) even in the middle of the day by yourself, is a little creepy sometimes. So your job is difficult. Burnout is hard. We're going to be talking about some ways you can avoid burnout as a pastor and i think some of these you've probably heard before some of these you probably haven't but it's so important that we put these principles into practice and so maybe this is your opportunity maybe Good reminder. This is your, yeah your reminder your push to put some of these some of these really good points, I hope that they're good anyway, yep. uh, into your daily activity, daily life schedules. So we're gonna look at some strategies for avoiding burnout. Yep. And I think the first one, and this is a really important one, is to enlist allies to help you. So I mentioned just being at the church alone, and I think one of the keys, Justin, is to find people that you can talk to about yeah. church where you don't feel alone. Well, where you feel like there is this level of trust, too, where yeah. uh, you can be analytical without being perceived as overly critical, right? You can mm. speak your true feelings. You can you can vent. Um, I, I think one of the things that everyone needs a mentor or a coach, right? Um, you, you need someone that can help you grow that that can listen to you mm-hmm. that can challenge you uh and, and when we're growing it's it's a great outlet for avoiding burnout right because we we're, we're able to limit the amount of state mistakes that we repeat hmm. uh i have a coach 
Uh, I referred to him as a business therapist. Uh, he kind of thought that was funny. I met with Kent. He, I'm a part of this group called mm. C12. It's a, it's a group of Christian CEOs in our area, and Kent is our group leader. And we meet once a month, and that's great, right? That's a great outlet for me to help me avoid burnout. I'm in a, in a circle with other guys and gals that understand what I'm dealing with as a CEO, as a leader. Uh, and also, I meet with Kent every month one-on-one, and I love those meetings with Kent because I'm telling you, he's like, He's like a leader therapist, man. Hmm. Uh, he's not That's a licensed great. therapist or anything like that, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but but he's just great at helping me process through complex uh, situations and difficult decisions in a way that helps me not feel so burdened by that that process. Yeah, so you want somebody who's going to be like a coach or a mentor, mm-hmm. someone who's further along. And then you can also... Uh, really kind of do your best to recruit maybe some leaders in the church. You got to find the right the right people here. But if you can find some individuals on staff and in your church where you, you could be open with those people. You can talk to them about frustrations in the church, things that are happening. Uh, that's important. And then two, uh, talking to people outside the church. So I had a friend, uh, Matt, we would meet, I don't know, once a week, once every two weeks once every three weeks, and he was a pastor at another church, and we could just talk, and he didn't know the people in my church. I didn't know the people in his church, and so it was a really nice way to decompress and to see problems from an outside perspective. Yeah, Uh, another person that you can lean on uh, could be your spouse. Now, I will say this with a bit of caution, right, because not every spouse is equipped to be able to handle some of those uh, vent moments. It may roll off your shoulders, but your spouse mm. may hold on to it very tightly. They, they may take it a lot more personal. So I would just uh, tread with caution on that. So, you know, every spouse is wired differently. Uh, you complement each other differently depending on you and depending on them. And so if your spouse is able to take that, that stuff and, and allow you to um, vent or, or you know, just share what's going on in a way that helps you process through things, but it doesn't overburden them, then wonderful. But if they take it very personal, if they, if they hold on to that uh, and, and almost take up your offense, now, now you have two unhealthy, unhealthy people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then here's what I would say too is to find maybe even non-church friends. Yeah, I will will say this. There's a difference between working in a church full-time, the way that you view a church when you're in it full-time. Like, this is your your life, really. I mean, it's your day-to-day life. And then being someone who attends church and is a leader at church, but it's not your full-time job. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just a different perspective. 100%. And so if you can find people who are outside the church— or possibly people who are not on staff that you can talk to about this, and maybe it's someone who goes to a different church. Another pastor friend, even. Yeah, and you can just, uh, they'll help you see things differently. So you might be venting about um, leaders not showing up, and that person could maybe give you some perspective and say, hey, you know, I'm a leader at my church, and I didn't show up this last week because of, I don't know, it just, it gives you a different perspective. I have a friend, let me say, I have a friend named Welby that uh, we talk like maybe once every four months, five months. Mm -hmm. But when I call Welby or he calls me, it's like putting on like an old baseball glove. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like you put it on and and you just recognize that that feeling, that connection that you have so fast, even if you haven't 
put on the baseball glove in years, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, you need that. Make sure that you stay in contact with your old friends that that you maybe grew up with or that you've that you've uh, you know had great memories with. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Another thing for you to do is to pay attention to your health, your physical health. Yeah, this is super. I mean, this is so important. If you are healthy physically, if you're getting sleep, if you're getting exercise, it just changes everything. You can think a little bit clearer. You handle stress better. I mean, it, I think it's a game changer. And, you know, the God who created our bodies wants us to take care of those bodies. Mm-hmm. And if we can take care of our physical health, it'll, it'll affect us, I think, spiritually in many ways. So that's that's a big point. So I mentioned get sleep. Yeah. I mean, that sounds straightforward, right? I, I know somebody recently that, that had, uh, they didn't know that they had sleep apnea. They just knew that they were tired all the time. So mm-hmm. they went and got some tests done and they woke up over 130 times per hour wow. while sleeping, which is actually kind of dangerous. And so uh, they were able to get, uh, you know, the different tools or devices that they need to, to be able to sleep well. And they said it changed their life change their spouse's life so um they are sleeping very good and feeling a lot more rested these days yeah so find a way you know dead for me i i if i'm not careful i could sit down to go to bed and i could spend like maybe 30 minutes on on my phone or something and it's like okay you just took 30 minutes of sleep away plus if it takes you a little bit longer to go to sleep after you're on your phone like that like you just did that so try to keep Try to keep uh, that in mind. You can set reminder. I have a reminder on my phone that's like, hey, you need to go to bed at this time. Start mm-hmm. winding down. The iPhone does this. It silences. You can have it silence your mm-hmm. notifications where they appear. You just don't hear them. I think that's super good. You need to do that. Naps are really great. Some of the most famous people, uh, famous leaders in all of history would take time to take naps. For the longest time, Winston Churchill would take take a nap. Yeah, uh, different individuals would take a have nap. You ever, have you ever tried the the espresso nap? Uh, I've heard it called the nappuccino. Yeah, the nappuccino. If you've never tried the nappuccino, now I don't like coffee, so I don't do a, it. But it's I, just a little. The name is so cheesy, but yeah, but it, but it it works where you you get some coffee and you you drink it and then you immediately lay down for about twenty minutes. Yes. Yeah. And it'll take about 20 minutes for that caffeine to do its work. So when you wake up from your nap at 20 minutes, you have rested for 20 minutes. Yep. Plus the caffeine is, is just, like... Just hitting you. It's pumping, you, it's pumping into your veins. You feel good. And it, it makes you feel good. So it's possible that maybe you, you do something like that and then um, get exercise and eat healthier. And there's like this cascade. I, I, I'm convinced, Justin... That sleep is one of the cornerstones of a healthier lifestyle. And the reason why is because if you go to bed earlier, mm-hmm. like that's the key. Like the key is to go to bed earlier. If you go to bed earlier, you get up earlier, which allows you to do your devotions, to pray, to exercise. Mm-hmm. If you stay up late and you're watching TV and you're playing on your phone, it, it really is this like domino effect. Yeah. So... Uh, exercise, find ways to do that. There are a lot of different apps. You can use running apps. You can use the Nike training app. There's just so many things that you can do to exercise. Yeah, I've read about LeBron James a lot. 
And LeBron James is notorious for taking care of his body, right? Spending like $1.5 million on his body. You know, he has, everyone says MJ or uh, LeBron James. LeBron James, though, has had an incredible longevity in his career, right? And he's notorious for spending a lot of money on his body, but he's also notorious from teammates for saying, that guy takes more naps than anybody that I know. And they've said he, he's notorious for being late to business meetings because he wanted to make sure that he got the appropriate nap in that day so mm-hmm. that he could recover. So uh, we don't want to talk a whole podcast about gosh hecking uh, naps, but it is important, right? Yes. And then number three, so you need to have people to talk to. You need to uh, take care of your body physically. And then you cannot neglect your mental health. And we talked about talking to people yeah but i think pastors need to be okay with talking to counselors or therapists i think that could be incredibly healthy and i know in the past there's been this stigma now it feels like that stigma is uh i don't know it feels like it's it's really not there as much as it used to be Mm -hmm. but if you if you feel yourself burning out you feel yourself spiraling uh schedule a counselor and i personally think that if a pastor needs this because of their job I think it's okay for the church budget to to pay for that. I know some people might might think differently, but I think it's okay to yeah. have some of those things in place. So I would I think it's important to consider that. Yeah, and also you know you may know a counselor in your church. I wouldn't advise going to a counselor or a therapist at your church. Try to find somebody that's not connected to anybody at your church. You'll be able to feel like you can be honest and be yourself. And there's no, uh, you know, whisperings or murmurings mm-hmm. uh, attached to that experience. Uh, you need a hobby. Yes. You need something that you can have fun with. Uh, there's a guy named Russell Brunson, and he said uh, that everyone needs a hobby. Everyone needs hobbies that you can um, make money, he says, which, you know, I guess that's an elective. Uh, everyone needs hobbies that make you, you know, feel creativity help you feel creative everyone needs a hobby that challenges you that uh, gets you physically more healthy like you just need hobbies to do different things um and 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 those can really be outlets right to really where you have focused energy you're sort of like not thinking about the burdens of of ministry anymore but you're able to like maybe it's woodworking Mm. maybe it's uh, I know for, I would assume, you know, running is a hobby for you. You're training yeah. marathons and doing all kinds of things. And so uh, whatever, you know, hobby that you enjoy. For me, I love collecting sports cards. So I'll I'll spend, you know, a little bit of time each day just kind of looking at a few sports cards. I love sports. I love, uh, you know, iconic moments. I love, you know, my favorite players, uh, you know, modern current players and old players that I grew up with. Akeem the Dream, Elijah Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going to a Rockets game when I was a kid and Shaq was a rookie in the game before he broke the backboard. Like, I always remember, like, Akeem and Shaq. So yeah. I, I like collecting uh, Shaq cards. Yeah, I, I think it's so important to be able to have that that unwind time. And I know some people, it's like even just like Legos or collecting sports cards or playing basketball. There are just a lot of different ways that you can, a lot of different mm-hmm. creative outlets, and, and you need to be able to do that. Um, with mental health, I, I would say this. Journaling is really good. Yeah. Journaling, I think, can be great. Just five minutes a day, ten minutes a day. And then I'll say this too prayer and Bible reading. And this seems really, um, I don't know, it just seems obvious. But uh, it's so important that we have time for prayer and Bible reading. That's, Separate. Yeah, that's not really like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm preparing for a sermon. Yep. Or I'm praying about 
just the service. Be able to separate that and, and have that time alone. I think uh, mentally too, for me, solitude can be good, taking yeah. walks. Uh, that's why I do I do love running or biking because it, it's just kind of alone time in that way. So those are some uh, ideas Silence. that might help you. Silence are very good. Um, Number four would be lower your work-related stress. And some people are like, man, how do I do that? It's so important that you create the expectation in your church um, regarding Sabbath. So one of the Ten Commandments is Sabbath, and it is rest. And when you take a break, you're you're essentially saying, hey, the world doesn't depend on me. Like, God's mm-hmm. got this. Yep. I can take a day off, and the world, the church, will continue to run. Now, emergencies come up. But you, what you need to do is you need to make sure you communicate that to your church so they have the expectation. That's what they need to do, and that's what you need to do. Yeah. And then as a result, you make sure that you take your days off, and you, you use all your vacation days. You Please. need to use all your vacation days. That's so important. Uh, another one is to negotiate. I hate that I have this right here. I even underlined it. Negotiate for a sabbatical. Uh, it's sad to me that you might have to negotiate, right? Fight mm-hmm. for a sabbatical, but you should take a sabbatical at least every few years. If you can take one every summer, that would be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can, uh, like a one month sabbatical, but at least every few years, you need to just get away for uh, an extended period. And this is going to do two things, two big benefits. A, this is going to help you rest, relax, get away, start a plan, a trip, like a vacation, family vacation, or just maybe you and your spouse, uh, go somewhere, leave the kids with the, with the grandparents. Uh, and at the beginning of your sabbatical, go away, get away. Don't, don't staycation that because that's not going to feel really different. You're going to have, you know, cleaning that the, the house gutters or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like you just get away and then you can come back and do all that stuff after you're sort of in a different mode, different mindset. That's going to be great for you, but it's also going to be great for your organization. When I took a sabbatical, we had our second highest month ever, and we only had that because I planned ahead. We, we did like six months, and everybody uh, picked up the slack, and I was able to delegate probably the things that I shouldn't have been doing already, but I just you just kind of do them without thinking, right, because that's what you've always done. And so I, we were able to prioritize, like, what should I be focusing on? Mm-hmm. What should I delegate? And when I came back from our sabbatical, our team was so much better aligned. as an, Like, we were healthier as an organization because I actually went away. So that is a great benefit for you. Again, this is, that's actually, taking sabbatical is going to help you avoid burnout because you get rest and relaxation, but also because your organization becomes more balanced and less top heavy. Yeah. So if I, if you have like one action item that you could do this week, is to try to plan a sabbatical. And uh, it probably won't happen for, I don't know, it could be another year, but plan a sabbatical and then work towards getting there. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, if I'm gonna be out four Sundays, I gotta have people to preach. Start training preachers now, if you don't have them. Uh, Start partnering with local churches in the area where you can get a guest speaker, a teaching pastor at a church who just loves to speak, but only really gets to speak at their church once every three months and have them come in and, and form a partnership with your church. Begin working towards that because when we talk about lowering your work-related stress, you need to delegate some of your responsibilities. Yeah. So try to work through that and try to find those individuals, lean on those people. And I think I think doing a sabbatical will get you there, but if you don't have that sabbatical planned, then really work through your responsibilities. See, look at those things and say, hey, like I could do those things, it'd be good, 
but is there someone else who can do that so I can spend more time doing the things that only I can do? Um, whether that's visiting with certain people or just responsibilities within mm-hmm. the church. So that would be number four. Number five is to adjust your perspective. Mm-hmm. How do you view your life? Don't view yourself as a pastor only. Uh, it's easy for us to look at our vocations and allow them to define us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are not just a pastor. You have a life outside of the ministry, and you're you're a father, you're a mother, you're more, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're more than just a pastor. And so it's so important that you assess yourself. Have I turned my role or my job into an idol? Like, yeah. This is who I am. This is how I define myself. And if you can pull away from that, I think that's going to help you as, as you think through burnout because inevitably good times will come in church and hard times will come. And if your role is defined by what you deem successful in church, then you're going to find yourself burn out when things aren't going super well, which it happens from time to time. So change change your expectations. Yeah, I saw uh, Dr. Timothy Keller recently said something to the effect of my marriage is more important than any kind of ministry that I would lead or be a part of. Hmm. And I thought that was a great a great perspective, right? That he, he's basically saying, like, ministry is, you know, it's not that ministry is not important, but my marriage, you know, my relationship with the Lord is is the most important. And so yeah, don't view yourself, don't get wrapped up in your identity as a pastor. Um, you know, when I, when I transitioned out of full-time vocational ministry, I've, I was really having a hard time because a lot of my identity was like, I'm this, I'm a pastor. And I met with another pastor locally, and he really sort of, again, it goes back to their first points about having a coach or a mentor to help you process things. He was help, really able to help me process through that transition, and I'm, I'm grateful for his, his mentorship in that season. It really helped me sort of see purpose in life outside of vocational ministry for myself. So, uh, again... A lot of pastors are burnout. A lot of pastors are tired. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors, a majority, actually, a majority of pastors will not retire as a pastor. And to be honest, that's kind of sad to me. Mm-hmm. If you f- do these things, um, I, we, we believe that they're going to help you minimize the long-term damage on your health, on your mental health, on just ministry fatigue. Uh, because the work that God has called you to is important. It's noble. It's the most important message on the planet the good news, right? And you need to be at your best to do all the things that, that you set out to achieve. And and you, and, and sometimes um, God has called us to do to be a part and uh, you know, lead change in a community, and, but we're unable to do that if we're not healthy ourselves. So mm-hmm. make sure that, that you are intentional about your, yourself. Yeah, and if you would like to tweet us, ask us a question or provide some commentary on the episode perhaps share how you avoid burnout you can do so using the hashtag hello church pod so hello church pod if you're watching this on youtube you can also comment below the video we would love to get your thoughts and i think everybody else too would love to get some of your advice next episode we're going to be talking about why not having a preaching calendar is costing you it actually could contribute a little bit to burnout so Make sure to check out that episode. We'll see you next time on Hello Church.